All right. What's up, y'all? It's Will here with ScheduleFly, and I've got Julian Brizzy on the phone, and I'm really excited about this, Julian. I appreciate you taking the time to do this. Um, this is actually the first episode. We've done about 50 episodes since this all started a couple months ago, and you're the first person in New York that I've been able to talk to, so I'm, I'm uh, thankful. I know you have a lot going on, uh, not only owning uh, hospitality establishments, but you've got a baby at home and a six-year-old and homeschooling and all kinds of stuff man so uh thanks for taking the time to do this oh yeah happy to do so actually uh the response i got after the first uh podcast we did together was was uh fairly impressive you've got a significant reach a lot of my and a lot of my employees wound up listening to the podcast uh and uh you know everyone seemed to enjoy it despite my occasional word salad so happy to jump back on for sure word salad shoot man no we had a great episode the first time and glad you're doing this and yeah we're we're thankful to have the opportunity so well okay first of all first and foremost um you your wife your children everybody's healthy and okay yeah my wife um uh is an er doctor and uh her mom who lives downstairs from us is a uh, trauma nurse so they've been quite busy these past few months uh my wife lucy did get uh covid and had to be isolated and we had to self-quarantine me and the two kids for a couple weeks but uh that was back in uh back in march so now we're all healthy and you know relatively adjusted to this new reality as much as one can be so yeah everything's doing fine so your wife is an ER doctor in Brooklyn? Uh, well, we live in Brooklyn, but she works in Manhattan, uh, Lower Manhattan, and uh, uh, Wild Cornell Presbyterian on uh, Midtown. Oh man, uh, I would imagine it has been immensely stressful for her. Um, what's I mean, what's going on there, man? Like, just we'll get into hospitality and all that, and what's going to happen with that here in a second, but. Uh, it, you know, it's so hard. I live here in North Carolina. It's so hard to know what what's you know. I mean, you just see all this different stuff on the news to the point that we just kind of just have to kind of tune it out. What's the reality there, man? Well, it's it's much with a lot of things in our society. It's based on where you are and where you are in the economy. Um, yeah. You know, at, at a certain point, uh, New York was just so overrun with COVID patients that every hospital had. Well, I don't know about every, but most hospitals had refrigerated trucks full of bodies outside, and 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 uh, Lucy's hospital, I think, was no exception. But uh, <sighs> since then, things have really quieted down, uh, uh, at least from what I understand from her in, in, in Lower Manhattan and in Midtown, because uh, there's they don't have a lot of people going to work in Wall Street, and there's a ton of people who are uh, out of town because if you have the means to leave, uh, provided that you're. More- if it's an ER doctor, you probably did. Um, meanwhile, folks, colleagues of hers and folks we know that are working in community hospitals in Queens and the Bronx and, you know, lower income areas with higher density and less mobility, um, they're still seeing lots and lots of very sick patients. But uh, luckily, you know, while the, while the pandemic continues and new COVID cases are coming up every day, uh, it's not the, you know, they're not out of beds and it's not the mad scramble and sort of, you know, uh, really sort of disastrous situation than it was a few months ago. Uh, luckily, I think most of New York is, is slowly moving in that direction. Okay. Now you're, so you live in Brooklyn, which is, um, very densely populated. Um, are you, are you able, I'm like, do y'all leave your place at all? Or 
Well, for a while we didn't, uh, obviously, because we were under quarantine and we were, you know, if we had to leave the building for any reason, that the, the building super had to come in and sanitize the elevators because we were like under a, you know, basically mandatory two week self quarantine. Um, so we didn't then. And, and for much of the, the time, we, we've tried not to, but it's start, starting to warm up. And, you know, I, uh, my, my wife can't really take public transit because it's quite unsafe. So we've been picking her up and driving her to and from work every day. And that's a chance to go out and have a little drive. Um, you know, the density in, in, in our neighborhood uh, is much, much less than it was. I think our building is at about 40% occupancy right now because again tons of i mean if you didn't have a summer home you went to your parents house or somewhere else i mean a lot of people are are, are not in the city um but you know on a nice spring day there's definitely people walking around outside there's lines at the farmer's market there's you know a lot of new yorkers chose not to leave a lot of them chose to leave but uh you know we're, we're going outside and going to you know open public spaces taken to the woods uh you know there's the parks and and, and playgrounds aren't open but uh green spaces so we're just trying to find the, the the least dense places to go and just run the kids whenever we can glad you're able to do that i think that's an important part of this um Getting some sunlight, getting some fresh air, getting some exercise. I mean, all that stuff helps your immune system, I, I would think. So, um, well, that man, look. Uh, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just saying your mental health as well. I mean, yeah. being cooped up in a, in a tiny little apartment is, uh, you know, not good for anybody. Uh, I think people are either desperately lonely or desperate to be away from the people they've been living with for the last several months. So, um, I don't think I'm quite in, 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 in that category, but uh, I've definitely felt cert- at certain moments that it would be just great to be able to go out and, you know, grab a drink at a bar by myself or, you know, with a friend or, you know, all the trappings of city life that we no longer have access to. Oh, for sure. Well, the mental health part is, is huge. You're right. And of course that, that impacts your immune system too. So it's all, all that stuff's tied together. Well, glad that y'all are okay. Uh, we'll, we'll keep your wife in my prayers. I, I didn't realize that. I think you may have told me that, but, um, I, I, I'm, you know, a true hero for sure. Um, now you've got several hospitality establishments. You've got, let's see, you've got Celestine, you've got Rucola. What, what else? Uh, Celestine down in Dumbo, uh, Rucola on uh, Boreham Hill, Grand Army's uh, cocktail and seafood bar and restaurant um, a couple blocks from Rucola, and then I opened uh, Magazine, which is a sort of a New Orleans-style dive bar uh, with my brother-in-law and some friends in, uh, in Greenpoint. And I've got two places that are under construction, well, or under paused construction at the moment mm. uh, that are sort of just hibernating, waiting for you know the city to come back at some point. Are any of your places able to do, I mean, it's just so different. That's why I'm so glad to talk to somebody in New York because most other places in the country, there's, you know, there's takeout, there's delivery. Um, are y'all able to do anything? Yeah. I mean, uh, with the PPP loans, we're sort of being pressured into reopening in some capacity. Um, and I don't know if that's good from a public health perspective, but it's certainly gotten us back in action at most of our places to some extent. Uh, Rucola stayed open um, basically nonstop for takeout and delivery. Um, and Grand Army is in the process of reopening for takeout and delivery. We're going to do some sort of sidewalk service uh, probably starting around Memorial Day. Uh, Celestine should be doing something similar, picnic baskets and, you know, uh, CSA cook at home kind of packs and batched cocktails that sort of thing starting a little bit after memorial day and uh and we reopened uh the dive bar magazine last friday 
again, just for takeout and delivery. And we're doing like, you know, big, you know, Mardi Gras style cups and, you know, trying to make it into a socially distanced block party as much as we can. Social distance block party. So are y'all able to serve um, alcohol in to-go cups? Uh, Yes, we're now, as of uh, the shutdown, we're able to serve alcohol to-go. It technically has to be in a sealed cup, but most people are selling them in, you know, to-go cups with no straw in it. And folks are, uh, you know, we're not encouraging anyone to, but lots of folks are liberally drinking on the sidewalk and have you know hanging out with their friends and meeting up on corners and such um and that seems to be something that's being you know permitted uh for the time being okay gotcha yeah I, I, good i'm glad to hear that um so well i'm glad that you've been able to do some business i mean are, are you at like what what percent are you at compared to where you would have been is it 10 20 uh, I would say Rucola is probably at about 20, a little bit below 20%. Uh, magazine, we've only been open for four days, and one Mother's Day was great, but yesterday was cold enough and no one came outside. I'd say we're probably at about about 15%. Um, and that's, yeah, I mean, I might be op- I, I, optimistic. We might be closer to 10. <laughs> it's not, at the moment, it's not the best scene, but our, you know, we're just trying to generate some revenue. We can show our landlords that we're dedicated to getting them some rent and get some employees back online and sort of just maintain a presence. I'm looking at it as much as, as, much as a, a marketing initiative as it is a, uh, you know, a, a viable strategy for the business. But uh, we're also trying to expand our service offerings as much as we can. Um, you know, we didn't really do delivery at any of the locations that we're starting. Uh, magazine never had food, and we're trying to find someone to come in and do a quick consultation to get us a limited food menu. So we're really trying to broaden uh, the range of offerings at every location as much as possible so we can just maximize what, what business there is to be had. Uh, particularly now, because we're going to go into you know the later spring and summer, we'll have the opportunity to sell drinks on the sidewalk could actually be okay for us, but looking towards the wintertime, that, that, that's going to dry up come come October, uh, and we're going to need to you know have figured something out by then. So we're sort of throwing as much as, as we can at the wall, see what sticks without spending too much and digging ourselves into a deeper hole. How is uh, the situation with landlords there in New York? Uh, I would say not ideal. Um, <laughs> we have, uh, you know, each one of my businesses has a different landlord. Some of them are big developers. Others are people that only own one building. Others are folks that own 20 buildings. Um, you know, the landlords have gotten no relief. Uh, you won't find a landlord, I don't think, that will say, I don't actually need this money. This is just something that I, you know, pocket change for me. They all have mortgage payments. Um, uh, they well, most of them have mortgage payments, and they, they all want the rent that they've been promised, as 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 one would expect. Um, and without any legislation to, you know, provide relief to them for their uh, their taxes and, and mortgage payments, um, they are resistant to making any sort of long term plans with us. Uh, so far, we have been able to negotiate fifty um, percent reduction or greater at all of our locations, which has been pretty essential to keep to keeping us, you know. Um, moving forward uh and we're basically just proposing percentage rent deals uh net of taxes at all of our locations and hoping that we can find some sort of agreement um we have not made any permanent plans with any of our landlords because they're all as you'd imagine resistant to changing the you know obligations uh in you know a a long-term sort of way um but we've opened the door to the conversation and i think they all understand that um 
we have limited options. They have limited options. We probably won't make any money for, you know, two years, and they should probably expect to not either, but that we are their best chance at, um, you know, generating some revenue and making some and, and, and getting something in. Because should we go out of business, I don't think any landlord would reasonably expect they to be able to lease out any hospitality spaces at even remotely the rent that they were previously yeah. asking uh, for the time being and the foreseeable future. Or any other spaces for that matter. Um, for sure, yeah. Well, it's a interesting set of dominoes because they have to pay their mortgage. So then, you know, that goes to some mortgage holder, a bank or um, whatever it is, a, you know, institutional investor. And so then everybody just kind of gets impacted. So yeah, there's no other options for them. Uh, it's, it's tough trying to figure out the right balance, I'm sure for them and as well as for you. Uh, I'm glad that y'all are, you sound optimistic, uh, Julian. Uh, I know it's a, a tough probably to be optimistic. What, what has been your your state of mind, and has it changed drastically since this started? Yeah, I mean, I I, uh, I think it's definitely been a bit of a roller coaster, as I'm sure it's been for I think it's been for everybody on Earth. Um, at first, it was very sad and just hard to imagine um, what was going to what was where we were going to go, and I, I felt. Uh, after speaking with my wife as she saw the pandemic sort of begin to unfold that um, closing down for at least the time being was was the safest and most responsible thing to do. Um, I didn't think we could justify calling ourselves an essential service uh, when things were really at their, their worst. But now that uh, folks are out and about and there's clearly a demand for people to not you know have to cook for themselves, I, I see some opportunity for us to maintain a presence and a you know uh add value to our community um uh, you know frankly i'm not convinced that each of my businesses is going to survive the next two years um certainly not as not as sure of that as i was before although you could never be too sure in this in this business Uh, but i i i think you know all we can really do is um just keep thinking about ways to strategize uh you know, how to maximize whatever opportunities come up. And um, I'm somewhat heartened by the fact that, that unlike, uh, you know, lots of previous incidents like, like Sandy and, uh, you know, natural disasters and, and just changes in business, um, small independent restaurants and bars are not, um, you know, siloed and, 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 and isolated in their, their trouble. Uh, we are in the, you know, we've got movie theaters, casinos, mm. venues, yeah. uh, you know, the entire entertainment industry is um, looking for the same sort of relief and support that small independent restaurants and bars are. So while we haven't quite gotten that relief yet, um, I, I, I do think we're in a better position to be supported by our state and local government, if not the federal government, um, just considering the scope of the problem and the company that we now keep. Well, I think that if you talk to the average consumer, they're going to raise their hand for y'all to get help before, you know, a lot of these other industries um, that, you know, are, are a little bit more centralized and, um, you know, have perhaps some more means. I mean, independent restaurants and bars are the lifeblood of our communities and people recognize that now more than ever, I think, at least the folks I talk to. So, and they, and people also reckon they don't want you to go away. Uh, they, they know how important you are to their community. They're missing y'all more than ever now because 
they realize, man, we don't have anybody anywhere to go congregate that's, you know, locally owned and locally operated and a place where we can celebrate our highs and lows and have delicious food and drink and they want y'all to, to be there. So, uh, and they recognize that, you know, you're, you're, you're a small business. Uh, people are, I think are thinking more about who they, who they do business with now and, um, who's behind those businesses. So, uh, I, I recognize that thinking that, you know, maybe some of your businesses may not make it. I hope that's not the case, Julian. And I put my money on you and your peers across this industry because to do what you do, you already had to be this this wonderful combination of creative, hardworking, passionate, driven, thoughtful, and mindful of your community, caring about your community. I mean, hospitality at its core, that's what that is. It's caring for others, and you all do that so well, and uh, you tend to be a very um, creative group of people that because you're small and independent, you're able to be agile and nimble and, and make adjustments. So uh, I be- I'm betting on you, man, and I- I'm betting on the, the public and the consumer to support you all in every way over the next few years. So I hope it turns out that way. It's very interesting not really having a clue, you know, where this is going to go, how long it's going to last, what's going to happen. But, um, uh, you know, like you said, we're, we're all in it together and I think that a lot of people are really going to come out and support you guys in any possible way. At least I hope that's the case. Well, thanks. Certainly, it's uh, appreciate your kind words, and and uh, yeah, I, I hope so. I mean, there's going to have to be a hospitality industry on the other end of this, and yep. you know where we all land is you know going to depend on on luck and you know luck and grit. Uh, but uh, you know, I sure hope we're able to to welcome folks into all of my, my places in, in, in some time and, and get back to some sort of normal and maybe a year, maybe two, you know? Well, um, so t- tell me about the PPP. I mean, you have y'all, you mentioned that, have you already received funding for that? Uh, yeah, not all of the businesses have gotten it, but, uh, some of our businesses have gotten PPP, um, which was, you know, initially supposed to be a pretty good deal. And then, uh, after sort of Mnuchin and company did their little tweaks, it's a little bit less of a good deal, you know, two years to repay rather than 10. Yeah. Um, and the, and the, the forgiveness uh, doesn't really make sense for our industry because it basically leaves you in a position where you need to have rehired uh, the equivalent number of staff by June 30th uh, that you had on February 15th. Um, and there's very little indication that we're going to be permitted to reopen at all, even if, even at 50% or 25% capacity by June 30th. So it doesn't, it, you know, for a place that's very small, like my bar in Greenpoint, where we had seven full-time employees, we can, we can, we can cobble together seven people we know that are, that are, that are either willing to go off unemployment or were unable to get unemployment, uh, and, and bring them back on and, and use those funds to pay them and 25% of the funds to pay rent and utilities, um, but then at the end of that road, the forgiveness is, is helpful, but there's no money left if we've done that. So we've spent all of the money we've been given, and we wind, up, we wind up in a very similar position to where we were before on June 30th, hopefully with some sort of a business that's, that's running to go and, and delivery, and that's what we're hoping for. Hmm. Um, a bigger business like Celestine, there's, there's no, no way that we'd be able to employ 44 full-time employees on June 30th nope. in, a, in a large restaurant event and, 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 and event space that has 
you know, you know, ten percent of its former business. So, uh, if the funds come through for that business, we're going to look at it as a loan and, and treat it as such. It's a better loan term that we get from a bank, or that we could ask for from our investors. But you know, there's liability included in that, so we'll need to really be thoughtful and careful in as far as how we utilize those funds at a place like that, because it's, it is a loan. It's not a, a forgivable you know, scenario. Um, so each business is different and some businesses are more help than others. Um, you know, we've applied for everything at every business. Uh, the PPP loans were the quickest to be conditionally approved and, and, and funded for some places. Um, the other loans, the EIDL loans are, uh, in various stages of either being approved or having, you know, hopefully being funded. Um, we've been approved in a couple places, but the funding has yet to come through. So it's, sort of a wait-and-see game. Um, if we get both, then I think we're going to be talking with our investors about what that liability means, but also what the opportunity is. I mean, if, we, if we're sitting on um, you know, a loan that's equivalent to, 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 to one and a half times what the initial build-out cost of our businesses, um, then we have leverage that we wouldn't have otherwise had. We can say, look, you know, there's a lot of open open spaces right now. We could, we could actually move our business elsewhere if we can't you know, make an, a, an, mm. an agreement that, that, that makes sense for that particular space. We're not at any, at anywhere near that point. Uh, and, and in fact, I, I truly hope we don't get there because uh, our locations and our, our relationships with our landlords and our neighbors are a huge part of our success, but you know, it, it does provide some, some, some leverage, um, you know, which is, which is a rarity in our, <laughs> in our industry. Yeah, it's absolutely not something you would have probably have ever had in the, and, uh, in recent times by any means. So, well, okay, good. Okay. Well, it, it sounds like you have a good plan for that. Um, tell me about your, your customers. Um, have you heard from a lot of folks? How are people doing? Yeah. You know, um, I think you know, a lot of folks were grateful when for, for being open, a lot of neighborhood folks that just didn't want to cook every night were super grateful that we were there. Um, Slowly but surely, folks are starting to come back to the city. I think that'll ramp up, uh, you know, in June and July. But right now, we're slowly seeing more and more people returning, and they're grateful to see those businesses that are reopened back. Uh, and we're getting a lot of, you know, calls and emails and online gift certificate purchases from people that are hoping to see the other ones return as well, which has been really, really helpful. Um, the, the our bar magazine, uh, which is the one that's sort of the most uh, had had the, the the biggest sort of reopening. Um, uh, had a, just a, so many of our of our, our neighbors and friends and regulars came by and were you know dressed up and you know mm. getting hurricanes and frozen French seventy fives and walking down down the street with them with their friends and it was really uh, you know um, quite a quite a nice thing to see uh, that folks were still being responsible and wearing their masks and keeping distance but we're really excited to come by and and, and see us and say hello and hear music playing on the sidewalk and you know just sort of get just as close as you could to what it was like before um for for an afternoon so hopefully that that continues and gets better and better and each location can benefit from it you know how about your staff man are are people i'm trying to get a sense of like are people wanting to come back to work um and i ask that for two reasons one is you know i hear from a lot of folks that um the unemployment benefits at least now might might outweigh what they would they would make working and then also i I wonder from a just a health and safety perspective what what's what most staff are thinking 
Well, a, a number of staff were not comfortable coming to work in the, 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 the height of the pandemic, and I didn't blame them. I wasn't terribly comfortable going outside either. Um, and that's why we didn't reopen most of our businesses, uh, among other reasons. Um, but I think a lot of folks are kind of stir crazy and looking for something to do. We've had a lot of our, a lot of employees say, "Look, when you're back open, like I'll, I'll come and help out." Uh, you know, uh, but a lot of those folks do not want to go off unemployment, uh, which makes sense uh, because most hospitality staff aren't making a guaranteed eleven hundred bucks a week uh, in in good times, and um, these are certainly not good times. And also, the PPP loan only runs for an eight week period. At the end of that, uh, we doubtful would have the means to be able to pay people at a rate that was commensurate with their previous employment and also uh, anywhere approach the unemployment benefits. So um, we are encouraging folks uh, to, you know, let us know if they're interested in going off unemployment and coming back to work. Some folks are. A number of folks, for various reasons, have been unable to access the system or uh, weren't able to get those benefits, and, and, and we feel a responsibility to those folks primarily. So they're the first people we've reached out to as PPP loans have come in and we've been able to start to slowly plan a reopening. Um, yeah, I think I think a lot of people um, who had, you know, whose income was on the margins uh, that are now on unemployment have no incentive to to return to, to an, un, an un, you know, uh, an uncertain work environment in future um, that, you know, we're very, very possibly going to be right back on unemployment and you know, six or eight weeks. Um, I know that the government is, is, is trying to incentivize businesses to begin writing letters to their employees, offering their jobs back, um, and saying that if you do not uh, accept your job back, um, you can forget about unemployment because those letters are supposed to be sent to the Department of Labor along with the employee. Um, and in fact, they, they made it a forgivable component of the PPP loan that if you kick your employees off unemployment, you can use what you would have paid them as a credit back, which I think is, um, uh, you know, completely unethical and we would, um, we would never be comfortable doing that. Um, I'm sure some employers will start doing that in the coming weeks. And I think that's pretty, um, pretty mm. unfortunate, but, uh, you know, I mean, some people want to come back to work and some people are, are, are scared and some people are just making this smart financial decision for them, for, for themselves. And I think all of those are perfectly reasonable reactions to the situation. How long does it, does the unemployment last? Well, they're saying it's only going to go until, I believe, June. I, I, the PPP loan um, uh, uh, timeline is up on June 30th. And I believe that's either exactly or roughly when they're saying that the $600 unemployment bonus will run out. But I've got to believe that they're going to make some changes or have another version of that come June 30th. Because um, I would be very surprised if there was enough of a job market out there for people to have be kicked off of the unemployment plus 600 bucks uh, without there being some sort of a massive societal, you know, collapse. Yeah. Yeah. That's, never well, you, you never know. I, and you're right. And, and, you know, probably the same thing with the PPP, what, you know, it, it didn't work. It, it was done quickly, which is good. Uh, you know, they try to act quickly. It, it doesn't work well for restaurants, generally speaking, because of the timing of opening up and needing to hire people back and so forth. So you got to, Imagine if you have to turn that into a loan, uh, even though it is a good good rate and all that. That th- things are going to just keep changing. This is such a fluid thing, uh, and there's all the incentive in the world for politicians to figure out ways to <laughs> make things work better. Um, so, because so many people were impacted. Um, well, look, 
you are a sharp dude, man, and it has really been a pleasure talking to you. It's uplifting to talk to somebody there sort of in the, you know, the epicenter of, of all this in a lot of ways in New York. Um, and I'm glad to hear the way you're approaching it, Julie, and I admire that very much. And I think, you know, New York is a fascinating place. It, it is a, um, there's a term I love, and I, I didn't coin this. This comes from an author, a guy named Nassim Taleb, but there's a term called anti-fragile. Have you ever heard that term? Mm-hmm. I have, yeah. New York's anti-fragile, which means that uh, you know things that are things that are fragile they 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 collapse when you know they're hit with a stressor, and things that are sort of robust you know they just come you know they're not they don't get better they don't get worse they just handle it and endure mm-hmm. it. New York's anti-fragile. Y'all y'all get hit with this crap, and then you you come back stronger and better than ever. It, ma- it makes you better. It makes the city better. It makes the city stronger. And and you know the same thing happened after nine eleven, and I think that'll happen with this too. So. Um, I think a lot of America looks to New York and just says, heck yeah, man. Like, you know, you, y'all, you, y'all are at the absolute worst of, of, of this for anybody. Your wife was certainly at the epicenter of that, my goodness. Um, but y- y'all will come back. Y'all will bounce back. You'll be strong. And a lot of folks, you know, as y'all do, the rest of the country will, will look to y'all and um, be thankful and inspired by, by what you do. And so, man, I really appreciate you doing this because i got to be honest with you, it's very hard for me to get folks from New York to be on the podcast right now, understandably. I, I completely get it. So uh, thank you a lot for doing this. Oh, it's absolutely my pleasure, and thanks for inviting me. I'm sorry that we had to uh, reschedule a few times. As you know, it's a bit of a moving target these days, but sure. uh, happy to talk anytime. I really appreciate you know, um, and taking the time to... You know, ask me these questions, and uh, thanks for your kind words. Let me know if there's anything, anything I can do, you know, uh, further to help out. You know, looking forward to uh, maybe doing this again sometime. Let me know. Oh, for sure, Julie. Oh, we will. We will for sure. i tell you what, the only last thing I'll ask then is um, on our Instagram, uh, I'm posting a a uh, pandemic selfie of everybody that we interview for the podcast. So when you have a chance, man, uh, shoot me a pic, and we'll stick it up there. And... Um, and, you know, you've got myself. If you ever need anything, man, you, you know where I am, my friend. Excellent. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll try to take a picture with the, uh, the the guy in the chicken costume at the bar enforcing social distance. You know, <laughs> get that team in the next couple of days. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> Love it. All right. All right, man. Thanks, bud. See you, Julian. Right. Take care. Bye.